Alrighty, guys, if you have your Bibles tonight, turn with me to Philippians chapter number 2. Philippians chapter number 2. I think last week my wife went through verse number 18 and uh, talked about, uh, well, talked about unity. Obviously, that's important. And, and purity in doctrine and purity and, and how we walk before the Lord and then witnessing. And those are all practical things that you and I as Christians need to, to work hard on. It's areas that the enemy always tries to attack because he is scared to death of a church that is unified. You know, I read in Acts chapter uh, number one, it says they were all, or Acts chapter number two, rather, they were all in one accord. They weren't in a Honda sedan, guys. They were all on the same page. It was a prayer meeting that started out with 500, but then after a little time waned, it got down to 120. But you know what? Those 120 were absolutely on the same page. They were seeking the face of God. They were waiting for the promise from the Father, and the Holy Spirit descended upon them. And church, as we know it, has never been the same since then. Amen? So guys, I just want to challenge you. Let's continue to, to walk in unity. Let's continue to believe God for great things. But we're going to look at Philippians chapter number 2, and I'm going to just go 19, uh, verses 19 through 24. And uh, I want to read it to you, and then, uh, and then we'll break it down a little bit. So Philippians chapter number 2, verses 19 through 24. Um, I'm reading out of King James Version. It says this, but I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. But you know the proof of him, that as a son with the Father he hath served with me in the gospel. Him, therefore, I hope to send presently, so soon as I shall see how it will go with me, but I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come shortly. You know, guys, um, Paul was talking about young Timothy, who was an amazing example of a godly young man. You know, I want you to think for a moment of some great godly examples that you had in your life. You know, I mean, if we were thinking maybe on a national level of, of, of maybe some godly people that you would think of, I would think of people like Billy Graham. You know, he's, uh, he's been faithful for many, many, many years and, and has won literally thousands, maybe, maybe hundreds of thousands to the Lord, maybe a million, I don't know. He's, he's such an amazing man of God. You know, I think of, uh, I think, uh, maybe of some personal examples. I think of my first pastor, Otis Moore. Uh, he's the guy who was preaching the day I got saved. He was the guy who um, uh, baptized me in water, and, and the joke was... Uh, guys in the church weren't so sure that brother 70 pounds soaking wet could get a big boy like me who was every bit of 300 pounds. And, I'd be able, and I was very, very solid, if you will. So the joke was, will Brother Moore go down with him? Yeah. So, so again, right there at the very beginning of my walk with Christ, temptation was there. But, uh, but he got uh, I, who didn't know anything. He taught us uh, some very godly principles, talked to, talked to us about the importance of giving a great giver in himself. He taught us the importance of, of tithing off your gross and not your net. And basically just said, do you want a gross blessing? You want a net blessing. Then he also talked to us about rounding up. He's like, and look, if you made $423, don't you pay $42.30 in tithe. You round that up to 44 or 43. Well, you know, again, he just talked about the importance of being a giver. And not only did he say it, but he gave it. You know, uh, he owned one of the largest paint contractors in North Louisiana and, and literally has probably given hundreds of thousands of dollars to the, to the kingdom of God. 
And uh, so those are some examples in my life. Packy Thompson, great example, as, as some of you are mentioning. Wait a second, is Packy not our presbyter anymore? He's actually been promoted to executive presbyter. So Brother Packy is uh, no longer just over the Raceland section. He's over the whole southeast section of Louisiana. So, so we got a little more responsibility for old Packy. And, and uh, Brother Bonin Rodrigue from Thibodeau has been promoted to presbyter. And uh, so again, these are people that have spoken in my life who've been examples of how to walk with God. And you know what, guys? Every one of us have people like that. Every one of us have people that we've looked up to. Can anybody just think of some people that, that maybe have meant a lot to you? Chantel, who's somebody who, who just meant a whole lot to you in your walk with the Lord? Brother Wells. This was her first pastor, Brother Jack Wells. And then she mentioned Brother Jerry Jett. Pastors there in Franklin. Obviously, many of you know the Jets. And just great people. What, uh, they, they, they showed the example. They not only told you, but they showed you. And that's important. Anybody else can just name somebody who, who meant a lot to them. Sue? Wow. Yeah. Wow, at 10 years old. I never knew that Brother Billy did a crusade in this area, but that's phenomenal. Absolutely. Anybody else? Sister Josie? Sister Toot. Wow. Yeah. Hey, words. Um, how, did I, how did I forget Sister Toot? You can't forget Sister Toot. She was one of a kind. You know, used to, used to preach, uh, preach on the street corner, just had an amazing heart for people. And uh, great prayer warrior, my goodness. Could you imagine what the Twin Cities would be like today if not for Sister Toot Driscoll? Just a great woman of God. Anybody else? Anybody else? Brother Packy. I agree. I, I love Packy Thompson. He's, he's one of those friends that doesn't always tell me what I want to hear. He tells me what I need to hear. And that's a good thing. You need that in your life, okay? Uh, Don? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, absolutely. Mama D. Oh, she was something else. Uh, we're talking about Dina Rodrigue. Uh, she and her husband pastored in Thibodeau for many years, and she was promoted to heaven just a, about a year ago. And um, Oh, my goodness. I, I think of all the great times we've had with her. Just a, a wonderful woman of faith. Just really mothered people, you know? Anybody else? Anybody else? Somebody you can think of? Wow. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know what? All, are, all these people are people that represented Christ well. They were people that meant something to you because their words and their actions added up. You ever had somebody say one thing and do another? Well, the people that we mentioned, now, were they perfect? No. But for the most part, what they said is what they did. When they pointed you to Christ, you knew they were pointing you in the right direction. Amen? And, and, and that's, that's what Timothy was. That, that's what Paul was trying to say about Timothy. He was trying to say that Timothy is a good example of what a Christian man should be. And we all need those examples. You know, I want to challenge every man and every woman in here today. You know, we've all had examples. Now it's time for us to pay it forward. We want 20 years from now when, when, um, when the pastor, I guess that'll still be me. I'll just be in my 60s. That's okay. Nothing wrong with that. But when I'm calling out some people, I want them to say, Brother Ricky Navarro in Rangers showed me the way. And, 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 and uh, oh, I just remember Bernie and Anna Lee Dinger. They were just, you, guess what, guys? We've had examples. Now it's time for us to be the example. 
Amen? And, uh, and that carries with it a great responsibility, doesn't it? But, uh, but let's look to what we just read. You see, nothing challenges the human heart more than the faithful example of others. We've talked about how that has meant so much to each and every one of us. This passage today gives us the dynamic example of a man who was totally committed to Jesus Christ, Timothy. Timothy was a young man who was willing to serve in second place. You know, guys, when, when, when I say the word second place, I want you to think behind the scenes. You know, I've heard it said that the toughest uh, position to play or the toughest instrument to play is second fiddle. Because you're behind somebody. You don't get all the accolades. You don't get all the applause. But you know what, guys? Paul needed Timothy. And churches that are going to be strong and healthy need people that have a Timothy spirit who are willing and capable of, of, of doing all that the man of God can do, but, but they'll do it behind the scenes. They'll do it where just God notices. Because here's the thing about God, guys. He's a perfect accountant. He don't miss a thing. He doesn't miss any small thing that you do for the Lord. Sister Sarah, he's taken perfect notes of your faithfulness down through the years. He's taken perfect notes of your faithfulness, even when you didn't feel like it, but you did it anyhow. God takes perfect notes. And one day, guys, when the books are open, oh, it's going to be a glorious day. Because we'll be rewarded for those things that we did for the Lord. Amen? So, verse number 19, uh, we have the introduction where, where Paul says, But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy shortly to you, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. You see, here's the deal, guys. Paul was in jail. Paul was limited on what he could do. That's why it's so important for us to raise up others. That's why it's so important for us to pour into others, okay? And, uh, and Paul had poured into Timothy. Paul had taken a chance on Timothy. He'd ministered to Timothy, and now he was able to send Timothy out to minister to others. A great example is Timothy, a young man who willingly served in second place. The scene is this. Paul's concerned about the Philippian church. And as you know, he's in jail. He can't reach out to him. So he does the second best thing he could do. He sends Timothy. He wants to know the condition of the church. He wants to care for them, their state and their welfare. But as I said, he's in prison. He can't visit the church, but he does the next best thing. He sends his faithful companion and co-worker Timothy just as soon as he can. You know what, guys? Uh, Timothy was so willing to serve Paul. Timothy was so willing to, to play second, second, um, second place, if you will. And I want to remind every one of you that, that ministry is not sometimes what we think it is. Ministry is not standing with the microphone in your hand. It's not playing an instrument. It's not any of those things. Mostly what ministry is, is behind the scenes work. So guys, that's why it's so important for those of you that, 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 that help in our cleaning ministry, those that help with just small things, those that, 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 that maybe come and, and volunteer a little time to help teach a class or do something like that. That is behind the scenes work. That is the, the Timothy anointing that is so necessary at a strong and healthy church. Amen? Because you know what, guys? Without Timothy, I don't know if we could have had Paul. Without Timothy, I don't know if Paul could have been as, a, as, as a effective as he was. Now, I know you're probably thinking, well, God would have raised somebody else up. Probably. But you know what? Timothy didn't take that chance. Timothy said, here I am, Lord, send me. 
Here I am. I'm available. I'm willing and available. And that reminds me of one of the great, the best sayings I've ever heard. The most important ability that God is looking for is what? Availability. Amen? Availability. He wants you to make yourself available to be used by God. Timothy did that, and you can too. You see, the point right here is Paul had a pastor's heart for the church at Philippi. He wanted to do something for him. He wanted to reach out for him. And Timothy was ready, willing, and able to go in Paul's stead. Serving in second place is a privilege. The second man not only leads those under his responsibility, but he also contributes to the life and the ministry of the first man. Think how much it encouraged Paul to be able to send Timothy and know it was in good hands. You know what, guys, as a pastor, it makes me feel good that that I know with Sister Sarah at the helm, our children's church is in good hands. I'm really glad that God has sent us a Pastor Ronnie Foray because right now I'm not worried about what's going on in youth. I'm not worried that some foolishness is happening back there because I know Pastor Ronnie. I trust Pastor Ronnie. Okay? I, I could say the same about missionettes and rangers in every area. Guys, it's important to be faithful to what God has called you to do. Because you know what? Ultimately, we don't answer to a pastor. We don't even answer to a husband or a wife. We're all going to have to answer to the Lord one day. One day, we're going to stand before Him and He's going to ask us to give an account. And I just want to make sure that we can stand there and, and, just, uh, and just say, Lord, I've done everything that you've asked me to do. Amen? So, verse number 20. Paul continues by saying, For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. See, Timothy had a kindred, brotherly spirit in caring for others. In fact, it was unequaled. There are many excellent ministers in the gospel, but Timothy's spirit came closest to that of Paul's. Timothy cared for the churches and their believers just as Paul cared. His heart naturally cared for others. His care arose from deep within. It was genuine. It was sincere. The same kind of care that a genuine brother would have. Timothy's ministry, his care and concern for others would be deep, genuine, and a true concern for others. You know what, guys? The church needs to be full of of people like that. You know what, guys? As the pastor, I'm not the only person who can pray for needs. You know, Chantel was jotting those things down so that we could remember to call them out. But I hope you jotted a few of those things down. Because you know what, guys? If you were asking prayer for your daughter like Sister Anna Lee was, or, or if you're asking prayer for a co-worker struggling with cancer, guys, we need to pray together. We need to move mountains. Because Sister Sarah's praise report is one that gives glory to God because we've all had a little part in it. So I want to challenge you guys, pastoral care is more than just the pastor going to make a visit or the pastor going to see somebody or the pastor praying for somebody. If we're going to be a strong and a healthy church, pastoral care becomes care that we're all interested in others. We're all interested in reaching out. We're all interested in being what? Jesus' hands and feet extended. Because you know what guys, one man, one woman can only do so much. You're going to touch people and you're going to have an opportunity to minister to people that I'll never have an opportunity to minister to. Jared, when you go to that that mill, you have an opportunity to, to represent Christ to a group of people. I'll never have an opportunity to do that. Take that seriously. God has positioned you strategically, not only to provide for your family, but to shine the light of a gospel in a dark place. You know, sometimes we say, God, change my work. It's such a dark place. It's such an evil place. How do you think he's going to answer that prayer? He's going to use you. 
Because where are lights needed the most? Where it's dark. Exactly, where it's dark. All righty, let's continue reading in verse number 21. Paul says, For all seek their own, not the things which are Christ Jesus. Wow, that's kind of scary. <laughs> Timothy was willing, unlike many others, to deny himself, to be obsessed with the things of God. In no uncertain terms, Paul says, All seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. Basically what Paul was saying is, all of us are selfish. You know, my wife says, if you're around me long enough, you can figure out that I'm an only child. I don't know what that means. Those of you that are only children or those of you that that have been around only children, you know what that means. It means that I I never had to share growing up. How many only children do we have in here? We got got any other in the crew? Just me? Wow. Wow. Well, y'all don't have any clue then. Okay, but, but I guess, I, actually, I don't have any clue because all of you, you grew up with siblings. So, Stanley, you had to share a little bit growing up. Oh, yeah. Okay. You even had to share it with your little brother or little sister when, when y'all were fussing, when y'all were fighting, when y'all didn't see eye to eye. See, those are things I never had to do. Okay? And my wife says I'm, 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 I'm not the same because of it, (laughs) okay? But here's the deal, guys. Even those of you that had to share growing up, even those of you that grew up in a big family, you didn't always like it, did you? Okay? You didn't always like it. Jared, you grew up with a few brothers, didn't you? Okay? Did you always get along with every one of them cats? No. Okay? Well, didn't Ben get on your nerves sometimes? Didn't you want to just lay hands on him suddenly? Okay. Okay, and one baby sister, boy, she was spoiled, wasn't she? Oh, my goodness, okay? But here's the deal. We're all a little bit selfish. We all look out for number one now, don't we? Now, we don't want to. We want to look out for others. We know what the Bible says. We want to be what God wants us to be. But, but so many times we default back to looking out for us. See, what a sweeping indictment of believers and in particular ministers. Note that several commentators have had to say about this issue. A couple of different words from from different commentaries. The Matthew Henry commentary said this. Did Paul say this in haste, as David said in Psalm 116, all men are liars? Was there so general a corruption among ministers so early that there was not one among them who cared for the state of their people? We must not understand it as so. It means the generality. All that is, either the most, the great majority, or in comparison to Timothy, people were selfish. No, people were seeking their own interest to the neglect of Jesus Christ. That is a very great sin and very common among Christians and ministers. Many prefer their own credit, their own ease, their own safety before truth, holiness, duty, and things of their own pleasure and reputation before the things of Christ's kingdom and his honor and interest in the world. But Timothy was not like that. You see, guys, so many times we, we, we excuse selfishness, but it's a sin. It's a sin. Now, if me as an only child can begin to realize that, I'm sure you've realized it before. When we put our needs above the needs of others, we're not being Christ-like. You know, guys, that's why it's so important for us to, uh, to get involved in missions and get involved with giving. Because you know what? When you give to missions, you're giving of yourself. You're sacrificing something. Like when you made a faith promise, you're going to withhold from yourself to do for others. 
There's no better way we can be Christ-like than in that area. When it comes to giving, no other way can we be more Christ-like than when we take away from ourselves and we give to others. Lehman Strauss said it this way, The pathetic condition of self-seeking is the curse of Christendom in general, and of the ministry in particular. Paul's words are a scathing indictment against the awful sin of selfishness. It must have been present in the early church, for we remember his exhortation at the beginning of this chapter in verse number 4, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. There are so few who devote their lives in selfless service. We are more concerned with our own interests, our own goods, or getting ahead than we are with the needs of others. Genuine Christian love seeks not her own. Let no man then set his own advantage as his objective, but rather the good of his neighbor. In spite of these holy admonitions, self-seeking and self-glorying gain momentum with the passing of time. Few are seeking to follow closely in the steps of Christ and of Christ-like men like Paul. Most of us seek our own interests while we profess Christ's name. One wonders if the claims of Christ ever enter the calculations for some Christians. The late William Lincoln of, of Bresford, London said, Rest assured that if you put Christ in the second place and your own things in the first, you will hear of it at the judgment seat. Wow. The point is very well made. Timothy did not seek his own things. He denied himself. He had not fallen into the trap of so many. His primary concern was for the mission and the truth of Christ and the welfare of the churches. This was not true with most of the believers and most of the ministers in Rome. And tragically, it has not been so with many believers and ministers down through the years. Many have sought their own things first. Many have made the things of Christ second in order to protect their own best interests. You know, guys, I've said it before that the church is the only organization that primary, primarily exists for the benefit of others. Think about it. Do, do you enjoy coming to this church? I hope you do. Do you enjoy that Lighthouse Community Church is your church? I hope you do. But guess what, guys? That is not our primary mission. Our primary mission is so that all can hear. Our primary mission is that those people that we lifted up in prayer can be touched by the hand of God and they can come to a saving knowledge of the Savior. You know what, guys? we got to never forget that the church is not about us. This is not Moe's church. This is not Chantel's church. This is not even your church. It's His church. Now, do we refer to it sometimes in the personal? Sure, because, because we have a heart. We have a desire. But let's make sure that our actions are all about Christ's purposes. You know, guys, when churches become plateaued, when churches begin to decline, it's because they focus more inward than outward. Do you know why God, I think, has been able to bless our church recently? Is because the one thing we've done is we've loved on you, but we've also put in the focus outward. We've tried to remind you one more time that the focus is not us, it's others. Guys, we just need to be reminded of that. Paul had that problem 2,000 years ago. But he chose Timothy, someone who had followed closely after him, somebody that had his same heart, that had his same spirit, somebody that truly understand 
that, that understood the teachings of Jesus. Look what Jesus taught in Luke chapter number 9, verses 23 and 24. And Jesus said unto them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. You see, guys, every day we have a choice to make. Every day we have to choose to take up our cross daily. Is it easy? No. But is it worth it? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's worth it on this side of heaven, and it's certainly worth it on the other side. You know, guys, one day my goal is to stand before Jesus and hear, well done. It should be all of our goal. You don't want to hear, well, you're done. No, you want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. You've done what I asked you to do. Come enjoy the pleasures of heaven. Jesus continued by teaching in Luke 14, 27, and whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. See, guys, Jesus was really, really serious about this cross-bearing thing. He said that, that you and I are supposed to choose every day to take our cross and follow him. Do like Jesus did. And if we choose not to bear that cross, we cannot be a disciple. We cannot be a disciplined follower of Christ if we don't take up our cross daily. Paul added in Galatians chapter number 5, And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the afflictions and lusts thereof. Galatians 5 and 24. Then it goes on to talk about the fruit of the Spirit and the, the different things like that. But guys, we've got to crucify our flesh. Here's what I've figured out. If my flesh doesn't really want to do it, it's probably profitable for my spirit. Okay? Let that sink in. Now, I'm not going to go the other extreme. If my flesh likes it, it's probably not good for my spirit. Although that is also the case sometimes. But for the most part, if my flesh doesn't like to do it, it's probably good for me. Okay? Guys, I, I don't like exercising. I don't like dieting. Okay? It's a little diet my wife has me on. It's working, but I don't like it. Brother Bernie, I'd rather you and me go to a buffet and just close that place down. Let's go to Little China King. And they say, boy, you two kings got to go. I would rather that. That's not profitable. If I'm going to be your pastor for 20, 25 years, you don't want me to die 10 years from now. You want me to stick around for a little while, okay? So, so my flesh don't like it. It's probably good for me. My flesh don't like fasting. How many in here like to fast? Nobody, right? Okay, we should do more of it. In fact, Jesus taught when you pray, when you fast, when you give. He was just kind of generally saying, you ought to be doing those things. I don't like to do that. But I like to say, God knows when big boy is serious. Because I start missing people. We need to learn to say no to our flesh and yes to the Spirit of God. Amen? Now, is that easy to do? Nope. If anybody has figured out an easy way to do that one, you come teach it to us next Wednesday. Okay? Anybody? No, it's not easy. But is it worth doing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's finish up verses 22 through 24. Verses 22 through 24. Oh my goodness, it's almost 7.30. I, 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 wow. Wow. But you know the proof of him that as a son with the father, he has served with me in the gospel. Him, therefore, I hope to send presently so soon as I shall see how it will go with me. 
but I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come shortly. Again, Paul's talking about Timothy. You see, Timothy was a willing son, a disciple who'd been tried and proven. There was a close personal bond between Paul and Timothy. Timothy was a son to Paul in the, in, in the ministry. Just a, just a quick perusal through the book of Acts shows the connection between Paul and Timothy. Timothy was a close companion of Paul. Paul called Timothy his son in the faith, 1 Corinthians 4.17. Timothy was with Paul, Acts 16 and Philippi, Acts 17 in Thessalonica and Berea, Acts 18 in Corinth, and Acts 19 in Ephesus, and then of course he was there at the prison in Rome, Colossians 1, Philippians 1. Timothy was right alongside Paul. Timothy was involved in one way or another in seven of the writings of Paul. He was involved in 1 and 2 Thessalonians, 2 Corinthians, Romans, Colossians, Philippians, 1 and 2 Timothy. Timothy was also closely connected in Paul in ministering to the churches. He was sent to Thessalonica, to Corinth, and to Philippi. The point is this. Look how closely bound together Paul and Timothy were and how faithful Timothy was. He was tried and true. He was proven. A minister willing to serve in the place, of the, Lord, in the, place the Lord had put him, the position of serving in second place behind the scenes. You know what, guys? He lived out the scriptures in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, where it says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Says Sarah, your labor is not in vain. Sister Debbie, your labor is not in vain. Brother Rick, labor is not in vain. Sister Annalee, your labor is not in vain. Sister Josie, labor is not in vain. Sister Angela, I love when I saw you and your son up here serving the Lord. That labor is not in vain. I could go through each and every one of you guys. Your labor is not in vain because we serve a God who doesn't miss a thing. We serve a God who's taken perfect notes. I want, to thank for the, I want to thank those of you that already have that Timothy spirit, that willingness to serve, that willingness to go above and beyond, that willingness to serve behind the scenes. But we need more of you. You see, every Paul needs a Timothy. Every pastor needs help. People like Timothy who are willing to labor behind the scenes, oftentimes, um, oftentimes unrecognized, oftentimes sometimes forgot about, but so vital in order to accomplish the purposes of God. You see, friends, Paul needed Timothy, and I, as your pastor, need you. I need you to pray. I need you to serve. I need you to give. Very, very simple takeaway here. Guys, we need the spirit of Timothy to resound in our church once again. We need you to pray. We need you to pray for our family. We need you to pray for for your pastor and his wife. We need you to pray for our community. We need you to pray for our church. We need you to pray for our staff. We need you to pray for the power of God to touch our services. Because guys, there's nothing like the presence of God. The presence of God will change everything about this church. Guys, look, it's easy to preach when the presence is here. It's easy to teach when the presence is here. It's easy to, to, to see people get saved when the presence of God is in the house. We need to pray for that. We need you to serve. We need you to continue to do what you do faithfully, consistently, excellently. 
We need new people to step up, to help us and, and do more for the Lord. We need that. If you're looking for areas to serve, contact me or Chantel. Go talk to, to our Sunday school superintendent, Debbie Navarro. Go talk to different people, leaders in our church. We'll find places for you to serve. Continue to give. I know we've talked a lot about giving this month, but you know what? It's important. I don't think the church talks about giving enough. We need to talk about giving because it's so vitally important for the work of the Lord to be done. So guys, I just want to challenge you today. Allow the Timothy spirit to rub off on you. Be everything God wants you to be. Pray, serve, give, be faithful to what the Lord is calling you to do. Make yourself available for new things the Lord might have you to do. You know, so many times we, we think that we're only able to do what we've always done. But God may be stretching you into some new area. God may be opening up some new ministry opportunity for you. God may very well give you an idea. Guys, look, Celebrate Recovery was kind of on the back burner. We were thinking about it. But then God brought Fabian to the, to the front. And all of a sudden we began to run with it. Let me tell you something. Yeah, he wouldn't leave us alone. Let me tell you, my wife and I are the kind of pastors that say yes to ministry ideas. You know, some of you have maybe been around folks, well, I don't know if they'd let us do that. Let me tell you, if it'll build the kingdom of God, I will say yes. Okay? Guys, we want to see God do great things. God wants to use you to do great things. We've got to let the spirit of Timothy rub off on us. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for your grace and your mercy. I thank you for good examples that you've brought into our lives, Lord. People that have shaped us and molded us to be faithful to you. Lord, I pray right now, Lord God, that you would help each and every one of us in here to realize that people are watching our lives as well. That, God, we need to be an example to others, God. That we need to represent you well, Lord. And I just ask right now, Lord, that the spirit that was on Timothy would just rub off on us today, Lord. I pray that same faithfulness that Timothy had that we would have, that same consistency that Timothy had we would have, that same love and care and concern for the churches that Timothy had that we would have. Lord, it's, the Bible says that Timothy was a young man, Lord. God, that, doesn't mean, that means every one of us in here doesn't have an excuse. If God can use a young man like Timothy, He can use every one of us in here today. Lord, I pray right now that you would touch us, that you would keep us, you would protect us, and you would use each and every one of us for your glory. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing at this church. God, I'm so excited to be the pastor of this church. I'm so excited to see what you're going to do next. Use us as part of that next step to see more people saved, to see more lives changed, to see this community impacted by your church, Lighthouse Community Church. We ask all these things and more in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody would say, amen and amen.